1: Discover how a chance makeup test led to LA actor and lifelong Star Wars fan Dominic Pace playing the bounty hunter Gecko on Star Wars The Mandalorian. Dominic talks about being on set with Carl Weathers, coming face-to-face with IG-11 and sharing
0: his first day on set with George Lucas. Straight out, in day one, you could not have forgotten in any way, shape or form because none other than George Lucas was right there in the cantina. First day... GL. (laughs) Tell us how that day went. It was difficult, because as a diehard fan, but also at the same time you're working as a professional, any fan, you know, you want to have this kind of fan meet and greet and tell them all about your life and how much you've been a fan, and it was a very priceless moment. Uh, He was speaking about the Mandalorian universe with John Favreau, whose birthday it happened to be on that day. I
1: remember it from
0: Instagram. Yes, and uh, uh, it was amazing because... Here, you can probably count on one hand how many gods of entertainment can actually have this level budget. J.K. Rowling, Spielberg, George Lucas, maybe you know one or two more, to where they literally are talking about their universe. So it's almost like God within the Hollywood sense mm-hmm. to watch first person talk about his creation. And not only that, to be a new, unique part of that... It was just so magical, again, to be a Star Wars fan and to be there. It was uh, priceless. Plus
1: Dom's late 90s appearance as a hyped up Star Wars fan on Entertainment Tonight that I actually taped off the television back in Australia. This is Steel Wars episode 218, Dominic Pace, The Mandalorian's Other Bounty Hunter. Hey you guys, welcome to Steel Wars, I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with, and this week is no exception, with the launch of Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. We are thrilled to have one of the cast members here on the Steel Wars podcast to chat spoiler-free, you guys, for all my UK friends that who knows when they can watch The Mandalorian. Australian friends that have to wait at least a week. We have got... Dominic Pace, welcome
0: to the podcast, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me, and uh, hello to all your listeners.
1: Hey, listeners. What's going on? (laughs) Talking to you. Now, Dominic, explain who you are in The Mandalorian.
0: Absolutely. Uh, A -a one-of-a-kind bounty hunter, a species that's never been seen before, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan, so to be able to portray that uh, has just been priceless and beyond words. Does he have a name as yet? That's uh, Gecko. Uh, it was originally the makeup artist styled it off of a design that he came up with for a Greenpeace event about uh, two years prior in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. His name is Brian Seip from Legacy Effects. He was predominantly working with Drax, uh, David Bautista on Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. So uh, he was telling me about that whole process during the hours and hours of makeup uh, that we had to do each day. Um, and uh, it was called Gecko. that model and basically, that's stuck in the makeup trailer, and it's Gecko the Bounty Hunter.
1: You could almost be a Dave Bautista uh, stunt double.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But much respect to those stunt guys, because what they do, I've done a couple of stage combat scenes throughout the course of my career, but uh, nothing but uh, the utmost respect to all the stunt men and women for risking their lives for entertainment.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've been accused, like in high school, of pulling a few stunts, <laughs> but not a stunt guy per se. Although
0: skateboarding,
1: it... Um, <laughs> Oh, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot. <laughs> and it hurts even more now, more than ever. Now, um, in the trailer, that you get a bit of a glimpse of you. Yes. So, so, let's just, before we get into your story, and Dom's got a very... Um, if Dom wasn't in this show, I'd want to talk to him with <laughs> some of the footage you sent me from his Star Wars fan past. And it's so cool that you know to have someone with such a uh, you know a deep past in Star Wars fandom to um, then be in the show. Absolutely. It's crazy. Take us through when we see you Mm -hmm. in uh, the trailer. Uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. I believe Werner Herzog is talking to the Mandalorian and then it quickly refers to other bounty hunters. You sort of see kind of this uh, lurking uh, of me in the cantina uh, with a couple other, well, actually one other bounty hunter, I believe the woman, uh, but the other guy is just, I think, an alien or a human uh, alien in the cantina from another planet. Um, And that's when you saw it. I I got a, a message. From a friend uh, on Twitter uh, just notifying me and uh, that was just a very special moment. I got to uh, share it with my kids at home watching it on youtube and uh, it 's just again being a lifelong star wars fan this is why it's it 's so incredibly special I, and I hope that many Star Wars fans aside from the actors get a chance to experience this as well
1: and so the character's sort of like like red head bald mm-hmm. with four sort of bumps mm-hmm. and then
0: two sort of black stripes and mm-hmm. almost Looks like a, like a Darth Maul concept Yes, yeah Or people have said uh, everything from Darth Bane Or from Bane uh, Just with the face mask Yeah Amazing costume designer He worked on previous projects as well His name is Richard A. Porra. And he designed the costume with the bandolier. I've got some forearm guards. I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. So this is the first time you have sort of this Jason Kane Hodder-like uh, presence as a bounty hunter. So I hope uh, they uh, will be very enthused in making that an action figure uh, for a lot of the collectors.
1: Nice. And... So you've you've been acting for a, fa- a fair while. Oh yes, and um, you know you've got your sizzle reel up, and you've you've had a lot. of... I know, like on your Twitter, I see that you're you know off here filming yeah. and off off there filming. Well, what was the process in getting cast in
0: The Mandalorian? This was, a, believe it or not, it's less of an acto- a- acting accolade and more of just an honor as a uh, as a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a makeup test. I've been a blue-collar actor uh, for the last 20 years. If you look on my IMDb... I loved you in blue-collar.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That, that gritty crime drama. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I just, I've been a blue-collar actor. and What I mean by that is taking any job opportunity I can. This came about... Had I just listened to older agents to where we just stay with guest star or above or recurring or above, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. It was a simple makeup test for one of the most legendary does, groups.
1: Does that make Scarlett Johansson a blue-collar actor as well?
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. She's, she has a lot of roles. So <laughs> yes. She has a lot of roles, and she started as a child at one of the highest uh, pay rates you can imagine. Uh, But for me, you know, us guys, we might get a guest star for two or three days. Then we go back to the grind, go back to working. This was a simple makeup test, and I was very patient in the chair for six to seven hours. And Brian and I hit it off. I've always just been very humble, privileged to be around so many movie stars that have had the same personality. Hugh Jackman and Van Helsing. I was doubling on uh, Van Helsing as a, um, a photo double for Frankenstein. And also Will Smith in Bright. The most humble, professional attitudes, and I always carry that with me. Each and every day Brian and I hit it off There was no guarantee Of any work after that I didn't know what project He was working on But because of the attitude And just the relationship We had together I got this great gift This priceless gift from him So you just went in Just to help out With some makeup Yes, and then as we got to talking, he knew that I was a professional. Uh, he saw my IMDb, also knew that I was doing, I d- I've done some stunts and also prosthetics in the past with Frankenstein and also uh, Bright as well as uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So does this sort of,
1: like that it was so random and then it was just that you sort of took the job yeah. sort of good-naturedly to help yeah. out for that day. Yeah. Does it terrify you that you might not have gone?
0: That's correct. Yes, that's a good thing to think about. (laughs) And I'll tell you, I brought that terrified feeling through the first few days because I didn't know it was more about, you know, uh, Mando is more about Carl's character. So you just never know in terms of how you're going to be featured. Uh, But after uh, there was another amazing director, Deborah Chow, they had a series of cuts for some of the um, featured uh, bounty hunters and featured members of the cast. And I made that cut. And the following week, there was some really um, amazing action where I knew that I was going to be seen. And that's where I was able to take a sigh of relief. So it's such a yeah, like a fateful happenstance. Exactly, and you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Brian Cranston had a bit of advice that I cannot take credit for, but they basically said. Take everything. When you are starting off, there is no time to have an ego. You never know where it's going to lead. Even that short film where it might pay $100 a day, I have a, a film called Anonymous Killers I'm starring in. It will come out early next year that started as a short film. I was not even paid for. We filmed in Las Vegas, and it may be a, a tremendous uh, feature film. So for any artists that are listening, even no, artists of all kinds, Take what you can because you never know where it's going to lead. Hey, you're speaking to a podcaster, mate. I'm
1: way ahead of you. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking what I can. I've got a fake radio show on my lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you get a, a hint or a sniff yes. that um, these bumps yeah. may
0: have protruded out of some alien's head in a galaxy far, far away? Okay. Well... I was invited for a project called Huckleberry and that was in Manhattan Beach Studios and it was the weirdest vibe that I felt in my career over 20 plus years the doors were closed of every office, uh, there was the, the sound stages were closed, uh, there were secret code names on every door and I basically was waiting for Wardrobe to call me in to the door that was closed every Star Wars fan would have recognized the pictures on the wall I go into another room, I was led by Richard A. Poor, the costume designer, and I see my name saying Dominic Pace, Bounty Hunter, and that's when my heart just started pounding. <laughs> <laughs> to make it even crazier, two, two, two actors next to me, there was always a, there was a great movie Big with Tom Hanks, to where he's freaking out over his paycheck, and it's a, a small paycheck, but for him, it's just heaven. So, for me as a Star Wars fan versus just normal actors, it, for them, it's just a payday, but for me, and I'm sure any Star Wars fan could put themselves in my shoes, I, I was just beside myself, and that's where all of a sudden the heart started pounding, got a little bit of sweaty palms. Uh, it didn't end there. They gave me three costume options. Two of them would have had me masked. And thankfully, Brian fought for me to have the most extensive prosthetics of any bounty hunter because he respected my patients uh, during my time in the chair that day.
1: Nice. And but, like, so you see bounty hunter, you see some Star Wars imagery. Yeah.
0: Like at cert- at a certain
1: point, do they say to you, hey, yeah. this is Star Wars? Or you just you just sort of...
0: How, like, yeah, how do they sort of? There was one, uh, when I was filling out my first pay voucher, uh, there was uh, Lucasfilm at the top. And that's when, uh, again, it was right afterwards when I knew 110%. At first, I did not know about. But when do they tell you? Like, do you know what I mean? You think at some point they'd go. It's
1: Star Wars, guys, Well, they just expect everyone just to work it out.
0: You bring up a very good point because this was the first time there was this overall feeling of silence all throughout until you got to the set. And even then, there was just sort of this quiet... They would take our phones uh, from the second you got in to the second you left. So overall... It wasn't really this, hey, guys, welcome to Star Wars. You know They didn't want any of that. It was just kind of lower, but you felt it. And, and you felt it even more when you saw familiar you know ships and familiar aliens and things like that when you were on set. And, of course, when you were filming, you knew straight out. And day one, you could not have forgotten or in any way, shape, or form because none other than George Lucas was right there in the cantina.
1: First day, GL.
0: <laughs> Tell us how that day went. It was difficult because as a diehard fan but also at the same time you're working as a professional any fan you know you want to have this kind of fan meet and greet and tell them all about your life and how much you've been a fan and, and
1: because on those documentaries and the little you know vignettes that they do yeah. you know you got your dave filoni and and, yeah. and and all those guys and they're like oh we're just such fans we're just playing star wars yeah. and they're gushing about how they're fans but i guess you know, a step away in cast, like a lighting person or like a featured extra, it's sort of not their place to be foaming at the mouth, like kind of like these featured cast members, like it's part of the marketing of like, we're living our dreams. Yeah. I wrote this story when I was in college right. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But it, it, you guys have to show some restraint. Yeah.
0: Uh, without question. You know, When you're dealing with a $110 million budget, the reason you're invited is because you're going to be part of that momentum. And one of the things it's like being part of a football team, the reason that you get to play at the most professional level is because when they say jump, you say how high. Now, it's not to say that you don't eavesdrop a little bit and you're listening to conversations. That will be the last sporting reference for the podcast. <laughs> okay. let's, let's, just, let's just chill out. All right. <laughs> but you know what i mean you get the point in terms of just going along with the flow anytime there's a hundred million dollar budget or even if you're in the military as a comparison you don't want to be the last one they're waiting on so whatever they need from you Mm -hmm. you are the utmost professional but it's not to say that i was not just gleaming inside with complete joy because the legend that is george lucas has been so priceless to me ever since i was five years old
1: were you just sort of like constantly walking past just trying to just just hear a bit of the voice.
0: Yes, uh, and he had his arms folded, and it was a very priceless moment. Uh, he was speaking about the Mandalorian universe with John Favreau, whose birthday it happened to be on that day. Um, and I
1: remember it from Instagram.
0: Yes, and uh, uh, it was amazing because. Here, you can probably count on one hand how many gods of entertainment could actually have this level budget. J.K. Rowling, Spielberg, George Lucas, maybe you know one or two more, to where they literally are talking about their universe. So it's almost like God within the Hollywood sense mm-hmm. to watch first person talk about his creation. And not only that, to be a new, unique part of that was just beyond words. What, 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 what was he doing? Like, uh, he had his arms folded. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was there. It was all very because people are asking me in terms of the tone. It was just constant gentle pressure. You felt the professionalism. You felt the simplicity and the pleasantry of the, all the leads and the stars uh, of the of the crew and the production. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, uh, it was a sense of urgency. Um, it was just so magical. Again, to be a Star Wars fan and to be there, it was uh, priceless. But did he look like he was like having a good time? No, <laughs> <laughs> he, he always has that. You know, he always just has that matter-of-fact look to him so it's nothing to where you know he's giddy or joyous nice now
1: what was sort of like seeing like a stormtrooper on set like how did that go down
0: i had this magical moment to where the camera was to my back and I wish I could have taken the mind and the, and the body of every Star Wars fan and put them in, my, in mine because I was looking at three aliens within a cantina setting. And as an actor, almost like The Matrix, you sort of let the universe take you over. Mm-hmm. And over years and years of time, you're able to sort of create that universe. Uh, so I was able to just kind of completely escape from the real world for just a little bit and uh, to see these aliens and interact with them as a Star Wars uh, a person myself as a character uh, was just the most priceless experience.
1: Now, you, you've talked about how, you know, you're a long time Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking about these these vignettes, that, you know, the, you know when like a shoe company licensed Star Wars and they all go, oh, we've loved Star Wars forever. Yeah. So we, we've heard it all before. <laughs> However, you sent me this video. Yes. From the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I, I must say you are looking very 90s in this 90s clip. You, you, you look like one of Elaine's boyfriends in Seinfeld with the, the, just the hair and the jacket. and It, it was very 90s. Entertainment tonight. Mm-hmm. And you were gearing up for The Phantom Menace mm-hmm. in your lounge room. Yes. It's like about a minute thing and it's sort of like... Covering like a fan That's very excited And you're going through All the figures And you've got your Mace Windu preview figure (laughs) How did that come about? Because I'm Like When you sent it to me Yeah I'm like Because I used to stay up Really late To watch all the Entertainment Tonight's And record
0: All the Star Wars segments Yes And I'm like I think I've got this segment on one of my tapes. Sure. I had a publicist at that time, and I was doing a very small market film uh, through Miramax in Singapore. Is my first film. It was a cheesy spinoff of Saturday Night Fever called That's the Way I Like It. So I'm a publicist, you know, very straight New York style. Oh, wait, hold up. It's a spinoff from Saturday Night
1: Fever? Yes. Because on one of our Patreon episodes last week, I got caught out, I think by whores, and I didn't know that staying alive... Was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. That is correct. So, did this movie that you work on take on both films in the Saturday Night Fever averse?
0: Solely Saturday Night Fever, and it was just sort of a parallel to a a young man from Singapore who would go to the theater. You remember Purple Rose of Cairo, to where Jeff Daniels was sort of this heroine, or this hero, who would come out of the screen and kind of be the protagonist to the lead? Well, I was John Travolta Inside Saturday Night Fever Inside the, the movie screen And I was basically the guardian angel To the lead character of this movie It's a cheesy spin-off It's a lot of fun It got, you know, mild ratings It wasn't... Does John Travolta know of this film existing? I believe so Okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> So maybe
0: not an official spin-off Yeah, not a, not a spin-off, no <laughs> just, just, just kind of a Almost like an homage to it Called That's so, the Way I Like It It's like Star Wars with a Z Yes <laughs> But needless to say, it was a small market, and my publicist wanted to know everything about me. And he said, listen, there's no angle on this movie. It's only going to be at the fine arts theaters. But I know you're a huge Star Wars collector. Episode one's about to come out. ABC, Entertainment Tonight, would love to come into your house and do a little segment on you for that collection. And that's how it came about. I was so excited as a fan Because you had that big window Between Return of the Jedi and Phantom mm-hmm. And for me it was just kind of Rebuilt the nostalgia of childhood And that's why I was so on board During that time to go back to collecting And, and that's what I did And that's what you see in that clip
1: Now ironically The big collectible That the segment closes
0: out on yes. Is a Solo and Carbonite And now you're a uh, A I, bounty hunter I am a bounty hunter priceless. So many priceless things. And if you freeze it, they will come. Yes. Without question. Do you still have that hand in carbonite? You know, it was a funny story. When my son was one year old, I did not want to nail it to the wall, and I was afraid that my son would be in carbonite if that thing fell on him, so he was already starting to crawl around the house, it was a real eyesore for the wife, so we ended up selling it, I got, uh, that guy got such a deal, because now I think the originals go for five to $6,000 uh, but I ended up selling it unfortunately Well now you're a bounty hunter, you can make the, your own We are going to make our own, and we're going to get it back, and hopefully get a life-size uh, statue of myself as well
1: Nice, because it was so, in, in the trailer to see like the carbonation yes. like, that has caught
0: on around the galaxy. Oh, uh, Filoni and Favreau. I think they're going to know how to touch the heartstrings of not only old fans, but the new fans with this project.
1: Now, as far as sets go, you said you were down on Manhattan Beach. Yeah. Did you do any of the outside filming as well? Or no.
0: All, all on the inside? Uh, no. Uh, my All my filming for the 10 days was all under one stage. Oh, in
1: 10 days? Yes. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Now, um... We sort of want to, I'm going to dance around like how many episodes you're in and and, and what directors because that will sort of break that as well. But you mentioned like you got to the, you had a choice of three costumes mm-hmm. and you went the one with the most. Uh,
0: they, so, they they uh, they went with the one where they, I was able to have my face shown. You got a little bit of personal selection of the of the weapon. Yeah, another priceless experience. I wish I could share with every Star Wars fan. I know there were stories of Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson in regards to being presented with a suitcase and getting to select their lightsaber in Episode One. Um, I was one of the first bounty hunters at the prop table and I got to select my own blaster and it was the most priceless experience experience um because i'm six foot four 260 pounds and this guy has a face mask this gecko i wanted to go with the biggest one and even though it was 15 16 hours of shooting i didn't mind it was about eight to ten pounds this blaster but i, I, I it was almost like the blaster picked me like somebody a harry potter fan or you know uh where you get chosen by the class and such uh it was it had a, a paintball canister in the back and a curved dagger down by the mag and it was just absolutely priceless well hopefully he gets made into a toy yes
1: and then it will come With like, because that's like when you're a little kid. Yes. Bigger the weapon.
0: Absolutely, way to the park. Without question. And the other thing I've been saying, I love acting. I love the art of acting, and I've been very proud of my career. But I will tell you this. If I get a Black Series figure, to me, that is similar in parallel to getting an Academy Award. And the reason I say that is because the reason I got involved in this business was because of the fantasy, the fairy tale that people like Lucas and Spielberg and Zemeckis and uh, uh, so many amazing directors in the 80s uh, kind of gave us as a gift. So for me, uh, to have that would just be beyond words in terms of my career.
1: Independently produced podcasts like Steel Wars Survival for listener word of mouth, listeners just like you. And this week, for those retweeting us and potting it forward, we have got four Gecko art prints that have been signed by Dominic Pace Gecko himself that we will send out randomly to two listeners that are following us on Twitter and retweet in some form the episode listing, whether they uh, say something about it or just hit retweet. Two people will be randomly selected to get an art print, and also to two people leaving sweet five-star reviews on iTunes. Any country, I will check the worldwide reviews. And on the next episode and on social media, I will announce our four winners. Two chances on Twitter and two chances in the iTunes reviews. Thanks so much. Thanks to Dominic Pace for these great signed prints. And pod, it falls.
0: Well, let's go back there. What's your first memory of Star Wars? Uh my mother, uh, I was raised by a single mother. She got me the cantina playset set with the original 11 or 12 figures there. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so interested I, in the I, mysticism. I do have
1: to ask for collectors. Did you get the blue snaggletooth with I, that cantina?
0: I did not. I had the red snaggletooth, but I do not recall getting the blue snaggletooth. Oh. I remember Walrus Men, I remember Hammerhead and the Jawa and Greedo and such. And I remember being so interested in the mysticism of the side characters there. Um, but that was my first memory. And my first movie experience was Empire Strikes Back when I was six years old which had such a profound effect as a child in the theater, in a packed theater, uh, with the magic of those actors was just priceless. Again, uh, like with the Harning Carbonite, it, it is kind
1: of weird that your first playset set yeah. was the cantina. Yes. Which, you know, you're not in the cantina per se, but you are in a cantina in the
0: Star Wars universe. It, nice. It's, that's it, so weird. It's so special. And I... I was next to other actors. You know, people are either diehard Star Wars fans who understand this or, you know, other people in entertainment. They just don't. It's a day of work. So I was keeping all how this. did I? <laughs> no, exactly. I said, oh, my God. I wish, you know, because I know that Filoni hired some of the 501st. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, how priceless would it be uh, for them to continue to do that? Because it was such a special experience as a Star Wars fan to literally, you know, remember that time that I had with my toys and to think that I was not only one, but also to be in a setting that was similar to my first playset. Absolutely amazing. So when you were just like on set yeah. and
1: you weren't filming, like, <laughs> did you just do fun Star Wars things?
0: Uh, I, it was hard not to let go of my blaster. I will say that. And I was thinking back in the memories of all the times that I was perfectly posing my characters in my bedroom uh, with their, fi- you know, sometimes you would have to adjust the blaster to make sure that I was directly straight with Lando or with, you know, one of the Imperial guards or what have you. Uh, so for that, that was what was going through my mind the most was just the fact that I'm holding a real life blaster and something that I played with so many times with my own figures.
1: Now, so the first movie experience was Empire Strikes Back, correct? Do, do you remember, like? being able to follow what's
0: going on. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's kind of an interesting starting point. I uh, can't compliment enough the magic of Harrison Ford because I think what makes it so magical is how, the sense of urgency through this man made it so real, not to mention the entire supporting cast, not to mention the teachings of Yoda, which at any age is so inspirational, but just Harrison Ford in general, to watch him at six years old and to watch that intent is something that I'd like to keep with me every single time I perform, that sense of urgency that, so that you bring an audience in uh, that's what made it to me so special. I love the blasters. You love all the the, the the sci-fi stuff, but I never essentially became a sci-fi fan. But it's a lot to be attributed to the original trio Fisher, Ford, and Hamill that created this magic and made it so real for so many viewers.
1: I'm trying to. Th- I'm going through the movie and I'm like, what would be hard to work out? And because the start of it, it's just like, oh yeah, they're just they just space like on the run in in, in, in space. No, that's fine. Yeah. When Ben Kenobi appears in the snow as like that... I reckon that one would have been a hard one for a young Dominic to go...
0: Why is there an old man that see through yeah. in the snow? I, I I guess so, but I think the beautiful thing that Kirschner did was made the script have such a beautiful arc, to where there was no long drawn out scenes. Everything sort of carried, and even if something didn't work or you didn't pick it up in a child's mind, you'd be on to the next scene before you know it. So it was so visually stunning. You know, the work not only that Lucas does, but also his whole entire team. Uh, it, it's just incredible eye candy. Even if you weren't following one specific uh, sideline or another. Now, uh, what? Who was your lead
1: character? Like, who did you live through? In this- star
0: wars universe Uh, i loved ford such charisma i think you can count on one hand the actors that have that alpha that strength and also charisma and that charm so for me it was just ford because he just he 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 has a movie star to the nth degree and i think we're losing that more and more these days
1: yeah there's something just so blah harrison (laughs) ford about him yes just his whole his voice and the way he just carries himself through life he commands the, um, and, and what about background characters? Who would you like out back?
0: You know, uh, not so much background. I mean, I, I guess you can say background uh, at that time. But, of course, who What kid did not love playing with a jetpack in Boba Fett? I mean, how awesome was that to have a, a figure that had a jetpack, you know, and the colors? I, I just love the intricate colors of every little side character. But for me, Boba Fett, not to mention the uniqueness of his ship, the Slave One. Uh, I thought that was one of the coolest things as a kid. And, and to, uh, you know, I certainly own both. Well, being a big Boba Fett fan, what
1: was it like to look across the set... and and say a Mandalorian.
0: That was something because, uh, you know, again, no spoilers, but there's a situation to where I spent an entire day staring him down and uh, it was absolutely amazing. It was surreal. Um, And again, the same thing, I I don't know, it could be just my culture, maybe being Italian or being Catholic to where the initial reaction is not so much wanting to enjoy it myself, but just wishing I could share it with so many other Star Wars fans that they'd be able to have this amazing three-dimensional feel and to go into my mind where, like I said, I'm like a child when it comes to performing to where I'm able to create the universe uh, I wish I can bring that into every, uh, every Star Wars fan into my mind uh, especially during those few days alright
1: guys big spoiler there's going to be a situation <laughs> alright we can't wait for the situation episode that's, yeah. that's, that's something I love situations there we go I love them yeah
0: um, and, and what's your favorite movie Uh, I got to be honest, episode five, uh, again, I mean, it's just, even if you were to ask me what my favorite movie is of all time, uh, you know, you're talking about the mythology. I've been, again, an actor, this is one of the toughest trades, the toughest businesses in the world. And what I'm saying is, the reason I'm I'm bringing this up is because the mythology and the teachings of Yoda in terms of believing in yourself, uh, basically, I have carried with me my entire career. So the teachings of Yoda combined with also the separation of family between father and son... The parallels of Star Wars to life is what has inspired me so much. And with Empire Strikes Back, especially being a young child, like so many other kids where you don't know why your parents got divorced, so you don't sometimes understand the separation between father and son, I thought it was just such a beautiful poem to that. So you combine the father and son sort of experience combined with the mythology, I think it's absolutely priceless. And what about a favorite scene? Ah, You know what I miss in movies, I I don't think we get enough romance anymore. And I love the chemistry between Leia and Han. There is just the most beautiful moment there where uh, you already have experienced their love for each other. And when she is boosh, she takes off her masks and says, you know, who are you? And she says, someone who loves you very much. And again, one of the things that I love so much is the passion and the romance of cinema. And to me, uh, that's also a very special part of Star Wars and uh, one of my favorite scenes.
1: You've been a you know a pretty active Star Wars fan. You've got this lounge room. You're on Entertainment Tonight.
0: Yeah. Uh, have you been going to like a, like Star Wars Celebration that sort of thing? Absolutely. I, I love Comic Cons. I've been fortunate to uh, have a couple of roles. I starred in this uh, B movie called Megalodon years uh, a couple of years ago, starring Michael Madsen and myself. So I actually would go as a guest uh, signing, but also at the same time I love collectibles. I love you know kind of searching around on the main floor. I will go more to towards not so much. the the Q&As, but I'll go more towards the retail uh, section of the the Comic-Cons there. I was at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. I wanted to meet with a few illustrators to work on potentially my character and such, but also at the same time, just walking around, seeing life-size X-Wings, and seeing also the passion of the fandom. These cosplayers are absolutely amazing to me, and the reason is As I get older, the thing that I appreciate the most are people that are passionate and enthusiastic about something in life. It doesn't have to necessarily be art, but those are the people that I want to have a beer with as opposed to everyone who's just too cool for school to where they're just above it all. Those people that are passionate, I feed off that energy. So being around these comic conventions, uh, I'm confident I'm going to be a guest, hopefully, at uh, a good handful of them as the years progress. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just my cup of tea.
1: Yeah, I always find it weird when someone isn't into something. Yes, yes. Like, regardless if it's, like, football or sneakers yeah. or, or Star Wars we've or whatever, all,
0: it's like, you're not know, into something? We've all been on that date before where they're just so above it all. And I don't care how attractive you are. That's ugly to me. You, <laughs> you know? You could, be, you could be a 10. And it just doesn't do anything for me because you're, you're just so cool for everything, you know? And for me, it's just like I just love the enthusiasm of whether you're into pop culture or sports or whatever, but you're alive. And to me, to be surrounded by that, especially being such a Star Wars fan, the Comic-Cons are just my home. So
1: you're at Star Wars Celebration mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Did you get to go
0: to the Mandalorian panel? I did not. Unfortunately, I did not. I, what is going on in the world? I know, I know. That was a hot ticket. You would not believe the line out the door. Uh, but I was seeing the fans and, and, and but and your story of
1: like I'm in it didn't yeah. just didn't cut it. I like, know like that's it, it, admittedly it. I wouldn't even try that
0: it, It's so funny I was down at uh, San Diego Comic Con This year uh, Just going around As a fan And uh, I have a recurring role I had a recurring role On NBC Superstore It's a big popular American TV show
1: Oh yeah 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 and about, they had, Sort of
0: like about Walmart or Yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a Walmart I played like the Warehouse manager Anyhow they had A whole section But the same thing I just didn't You know I was like I didn't feel like saying Hey I'm in it too You know <laughs> I'm just used to being the side character, so for me, just being a fan sometimes is the best. So, you said you you did get to take in a lot of the fan reaction. How was that? Uh, Absolutely amazing. I mean, you look at these trailers, it's just magical. You know, I mean, Favreau and Filoni seem like one of us. And Kathleen Kennedy, I think, is doing an outstanding job, not to mention the genius that is George Lucas. So, I think they're going to hit on every heartstring, not to mention the special effects and the graphics, the technology of today is just going to be absolutely priceless to see, you know, the clarity of these special effects. I think John Favreau and and uh, Filoni have something uh, very special in store. Well, you talk about the technology and stuff.
1: What stuff on set, like, I'm not sure if it's just on the outside set, yeah. but they've been going on about this, like, sort of. 3D modeling yes. or whatever that you can sort of watch it in yeah. real time. Oh my and, god! Um, did you get to bear witness to any yes. of that sort of tech?
0: It's funny. I saw the back of it. That was the first time I was on set, and I thought it was just a um, a, a wall to a soundstage, uh, or I mean, a wall to a like a Death Star set or something like that, or mm. something like a spaceship. And it was this big, huge. I want to say twenty or thirty foot high LED screen that was maybe surrounded almost about hundred and eighty degrees. My eyesight is perfect, and they had an image up on the wall that literally what well, I was was 20 feet away from i could not tell the difference it felt so real wow yes the clarity and there was a two rows these guys it looked like they were straight out of mit with you know collared shirts and they were all working on it like it was almost like a nasa uh, team and i'll tell you the the way that they're going to be able to integrate some of the special effects, especially I think with some of the space scenes uh, with this new technology, not to mention how it's going to help the actors where they no longer have to have that much green screen, I think is going to be second to none really priceless
1: yeah, because when you go back to like the uh the prequel trilogy, yeah. like all that sort of acting in green yeah. rooms and stuff like you know from what I heard what people on the show have said is like it could be grueling yeah. You know, when, when it was like a, there was an actual set, Ewan McGregor was a little bit
0: more uh, chipper that day. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be priceless for the actors. I believe it's also a lot cooler as well. When you use green screen, you have to uh, heat up the lights a little bit more. So I know somebody like myself where, you know, you tend to sweat a little bit or get shiny on the head and the makeup's around. Uh, it's going to be a little easier for the actors. Sweating out your bumps. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but you know, he's a dirty, grimy uh, bounty hunter, so it works.
1: So you, you kind of like being on set, you only get to see like half of what's going on yeah. or even you're going to see all the practical Fraction. things fractal when you watched
0: the trailer what what was like oh my god this is amazing um, I, I think uh, I think just some of the throwbacks to some of the old uh, uh, characters you know I think we just saw somebody on a speed bike you know a, a, a speed uh uh, on a speeder bike yeah, yeah well a scout, speed- trooper, that's my scout cra- trooper that's my
1: favorite trooper such a cool do you know why it's
0: my favorite trooper why is
1: that because it's the best one
0: absolutely so then you also got the guy in carbonite which I thought was just such a great and then salacious crumb to see them frying I thought that was hilarious just because he was such an annoying character but also just a throwback to the old return of the jedi I thought was amazing
1: <laughs> that that guy got I don't know about that one. I don't know. I feel like Salacious is a little bit too sentient yeah. to be uh getting on the old spit roast. So <laughs> maybe uh, one of, maybe it's his species. I know I know he's got some fans out there. I know yeah. he's got some fans out there that are a little bit uh disconcerted yeah. about uh that how that went down. What about um that I G eleven? Yes. Oh my god. Did I... you, was there any any sign of him on set? Uh yes
0: there was. It was a life size. Oh, they, so they had like yeah. a a robot of him? Yes, life-size taller than me. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. So, so
0: I think, again, I think it's a respect uh, to not only the old trilogy where Lucas actually used physical um, you know, creatures, but also at the same time a respect to the actors as opposed to performing uh, against a tennis ball, which sometimes you have to do. So you've got to tell us about this droid.
1: Like <laughs> did, did, could he move his arms or uh,
0: is this a stationary sort of statue deal? Uh, it was not being used at the time, so it was just stationary. But again, when I saw it again, it was just, there was another vehicle too that I saw and it was one of my first toys. Uh, and that too, again, was just, I, I let out like a little shriek and like the whole little MIT team over there actually looked at me <laughs> and I was like, God, I hope I don't get thrown off, you know, but it was so hard to contain the excitement because again, it's just like seeing your life-size figures and, you know, and, and ships in real life, you know? Oh my God. Has that, to- has, has that been on the, in one of the previews yet? Uh, no, it
1: hasn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. There is, there is a toy. <laughs> ...in the show, (laughs) represented through actual vehicle... Um what about um, Nick Nolte as the Oh, uh, What a beautiful voice. What a
0: great voice. Did you, is there any trace of the Ugnor or Nick Nolte on set? Uh, no. Uh, for me personally, it was just uh, Mando and it was Carl. And uh, for me, as an Italian-American, one of my other inspirations as a kid was Rocky. Of course. Uh, so, I mean, you have this legendary actor, Call Weathers, who Apollo I interacted. Oh, uh, And I interacted. You know, we had a little bit of downtime, got to have a little small talk, uh, but just such a presence. I mean, such a brilliant actor. And to watch him perform, again, it steps you up. You know, when you're on set, and you, you know, you're in your element, and they're in theirs, it just ups your adrenaline so much. But again, I mean, Rocky and Stallone and, and Apollo, I mean, all of that, Drago, uh, that was another magical, magical uh series for me. Well, that
1: Carl Weathers, he's just like movie star, like yeah. when he came out, yeah, at the panel that you couldn't get into. I don't mean to rub it in, <laughs> but
0: hey, who are you? That's, I'm, I'm in it, I'm in it, <laughs> <laughs> um. Carl, remember hey, me, come on. Dominic Face, IMDb. Come on,
1: um, <laughs> like he just the way he worked the crowd when he came out yeah. and, and and did like sometimes you know actors sort of shy away from you know their iconic roles and that, yeah. but he came out and did the Apollo Creed, yes, like point to the crowd, yes. and oh, yes. it was.
0: Like, is this one of those actors that like, yeah, get in Star Wars, have a ball. Some people just are made for it, you know, and he just has... Some people are just movie stars, you know, male and female. They just have that presence, and that's something about Carl. Uh, And the other thing is too... You get so inspired by the level of consistency. You have to understand that sometimes we have 13 to 15-hour days. And to see, I mean, he's getting up there in age now, but to see that level of enthusiasm, consistency, and professionalism is just priceless for the actor, for the mid-level actor like myself, to where uh, you want to match that, you know, and you want to honor them with their performance. So you want to give 110%. And that's what he felt on set, not only from the actors, but also people like Deborah Chow and David Filoni. Uh, It it just was all throughout. So you're there for 10 days.
1: First day on set, in a cantina, George Lucas rocks up, Mm -hmm. IG-11, he's over there, he's doing his thing, he's having weird dreams at night.
0: Uh, no, I just, it was hard to contain the news. That was the hardest thing. Because again, I mean, you've got friends that are Star Wars fans. You've got, you know, obviously you think about your career and you think about, you know, your family and your friends. So it's just so hard. Obviously they didn't want us to, uh, you know, talk about it, of course, online or anything of that matter. So it was just the hardest part that night was to contain myself from not going to the nearest social media and be like, <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> this is a whole year we're talking about. It's a whole year of pent up excitement. It's like winning the lottery and not being able to tell. Anybody.
1: and um like around la at the moment it's it's disney plus yeah. la has a lot of advertising you guys yeah. it is it is the home of show business mm-hmm. and uh promotional materials but the, the there's a, just up the street there's the billboard of the mandalorian yes. there's, there's
0: posters there's bus stops everywhere how's that been for you uh amazing i mean it's funny there's that great meme where it's like are you more excited for christmas or for star wars season and i mean i think so many star wars fans would agree between mandalorian and then the closure of episode nine what a special time to be alive It is a... uh, Special is a good way of putting it. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) um, What else, like... um surprised you when you watch the trailer of just like oh my god that's in the same show as me I,
0: I think just the, um, the action I mean just the way that they're cutting this thing together you know and the fact that we are so familiar with this beloved franchise it, it's like second to none to where you have something that goes back so many years within our minds and within our souls and again to see it play out in the highest quality possible um, I just think I mean I think we all we don't know what the, the exact storyline is mm-hmm. but I think what they've shown already makes us so ridiculously intrigued with this man i mean who knows where it's going to go and not to mention in between episode six and seven they have so many directions they can go with this
1: yeah the, the good thing about the publicity for it is i really don't know what's happening yes like i know he's a bounty hunter yeah so there's going to be a bounty yeah that's all I got right yeah, now, yeah. And, and there'll be there'll, there'll be situations. Yes, I know there's going to be a situation. There's going to be a situation. You've spoiled that. <laughs> That's out of the bag.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, god, we're going to get a call from Disney. Uh, you talked about a situation. Eh? <laughs> hey, we've got a situation about that situation, <laughs> mate. You want to make a situation out of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that would have been so hard. Yeah. to stay like to just keep that bolted.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's an inner 10-year-old child. Again, I mean, there's... I, I, and I've been so fortunate to be on so many different shows. I, and I was fortunate to be in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I've got a little bit in the new uh, Harlequin movie there coming up. But it's just nothing compares to just our beloved universe. I, you know, I love the minor, modern crime drama. It's probably going to be the majority of my career. Mm-hmm. But again, the same reason I got involved in entertainment was because of the fantasy world. I loved Goonies. I loved E.T. Star Wars was just my heart and soul. So that's what made it so special. And that's why it was so hard to contain over this past year oh man you, you've done well but only a couple more you know this is this is it five days yeah. this is it
1: this is it yeah. the um in all, all, all the, the acting that you've done yes have you killed more people than you've been killed
0: uh you know it's funny i don't everybody's complaining about stereotypes i'm italian i don't mind being the italian a lot of times you associate with mafia i gotta be honest i've been killed more times than i've killed <laughs> The Russians, the Irish, and the Italians are totally cool with playing the bad guy. Everyone else, they're up in arms. But I'll tell you, as the Italian, it just is what it is. But I, for me, it, it, it's like I don't. It's like Wreck-It Ralph. I, I, I'm not going to be the sexy guy next door who saves the day, and that's okay. I don't mind playing the sinister, tough guy where you know the hero ends up saving the day. Just to be part of what I love so much, and to go to work every day for that is just priceless. Hey,
1: man, pay me, kill me. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, you don't mind being the guy up the back with the red head and the, the big bumps? No, not at holding all. Holding the giant gun that's really heavy? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, what what other, like, sort of weird Star Wars, like, sort of... Like, you ever, like, on set and you're looking around and you're just like, this is... Surreal, yeah. The stormtroopers having lunch, yeah.
0: A- any, any,
1: any things like that?
0: Absolutely. I just don't want to give anything away in terms of the characters, uh-huh. but yeah. I mean, again, just an overall magic to see it life size play out right in front of you, and some definitely, definitely some familiar characters within the cantina, and then also within the situation. <laughs> Ooh, familiar characters in the situation. Did you get scammed? Uh, I did not, well, I I had photos taken of me, but I did not get scanned, no, but, yeah, Gotta get the figure going.
1: We've yes, gotta get the figure going.
0: I think we're going to have enough clear shots to where, if they want to make that an option, and not to mention the illustrators who are already jumped on board with just seeing me in the trailer, um, I think hopefully they'll be motivated. But if anything, if not the figure, I know the tops uh, might be really high in terms of uh, creating a screenshot of me, and to me alone, that would be just such a gift.
1: Nice. So we, you don't want to spoil anything, but have you have you gotten much backstory on yourself yet, or you, you're waiting for? Uh to read the back of your action figure card for that information.
0: Well, due to the situation, mm. I think we could safely say, completely unapologetic, we'll do anything uh, it takes in order to get a bounty, even if it concerns a woman or child or a, uh, a human being, an innocent human being, I don't see my character as ap- apologetic or sympathetic in any way, shape, or form. All right. Kind of like you when you're trying to get an acting role. Absolutely. <laughs> you're going to get that job, and you are not going to care about the other Italians in that room. <laughs>
1: I'm the best Dyer ever. Did you ever see me on CSI Miami? It was <laughs> yes. so dead. So very dead. Now, um, obviously, you know, we, we always want to know from um, guests what they're most looking forward to. Yeah. Now, I feel like you might be biased. Yes, without question. But excluding The Mandalorian, yeah. well, what are you looking forward to in Star Wars?
0: You know, I would like to see a beautiful closure of episode nine. This series is so special to all of us. I know that there's been a tremendous divide amongst the fan base, but what I would love to see is J.J. bring it all together for everyone, and to go back to what made Star Wars important. And I'm not saying that it lost it, but at the same time, I would love to see the beauty of the believing in yourself, the mythology, and the power of family and the Skywalker lineage. Uh, To me, I think that would be great. I do not want to personally see any Dallas style ending, and what I mean by that is, I don't know if you're familiar with the old American TV show, but it tended to be a little bit too out into left field as far as the way they wanted to end that. I would love to just see some perfect closure in order to wrap this up with the perfect bow on such an amazing series that has meant so much to us.
1: Yeah, it is um, it's gonna be hard. Yeah. And expectations (laughs) Are very, very hot. I
0: I would like to say one thing. I know that Freddie Prinze Jr. just recently brought out that, you know, if you don't like it or you're upset, um, you know, you're wrong. Well, I I just want to add, though, that I don't have a disdain for those who might have criticism. And the reason is similar. And I know you don't want to bring up sports, but similar to your favorite. How dare you. (laughs) I'm from New York so for us it's baseball you love the Yankees you die with the Yankees you live with the Mets you live with your favorite football or your soccer team or your favorite sports team you hate them when they're bad at the same time you cannot live without your sports team and what I mean by this is even the criticism towards George Lucas and I hope Disney understands this I hope George Lucas understands this that even when we're angry it means that we love them so much that that's where our anger spews out of because we care about the franchise so much
1: yeah I uh, like I, I I feel like impassioned criticism yeah. is, is fine. Yeah. But it's when it goes to anger, yes. like and,
0: and you know, you're probably just using that flippantly.
1: Yes. But it's
0: like this is not some have gone too far and again yeah. there is no excuse for any hatred whatsoever. I just meant in terms of any type of criticism of just storyline. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like sometimes I
1: like get replies to stuff and yeah. it's like You're too much. This isn't they're not real people yeah. that blew yeah. up. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. They're just like characters that we love yeah. and like, you know, like in sound recording equipment, there's like a gate or whatever, like the sound can't go over a certain, it cuts out. Yes. Like I sort of feel like with pop culture and stuff, like that's how much we should care about it. Yes. It's like, you know, you can go, oh, this is the worst thing ever, but yeah. your actual anger about it needs to cut off at about three. Absolutely. And, I and, and save the um, four to 10 anger for... Actual things. Yeah, no,
0: I I agree. I just meant in a a respectful manner. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
0: With the price of just about
1: everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Patreon is a great way for listeners to support the podcast they listen to, along with getting a ton of bonus content, and the Steel Wars Patreon is bursting with new episodes this week. Two new episodes of Page Wars, with King Tom Chansky telling us what went down in Resistance Reborn and the Allegiant comic. Which one did he want to turn? Which one did he want to burn? There's a new episode of Juklin Strikes Back with Jackie and Blondie reviewing Attack of the Clones. A new questions you have, answers I give, answering Patreon questions. A Robo Report talking about Benny and Weiss's ousting of Star Wars. And two, count them, two new episodes of Star Wars by podcast, our Star Wars history podcast with Horst Burkhart of the Blue harvest podcast all that in just one week plus you get access to our 600 plus back episodes so many classic interviews live comedy shows audio commentaries and so much more your support really helps the ongoing production of the podcast and i so appreciate it you can get all the bonus content for just three dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash steel wars
0: Oh, this is what I'm interested in. Have you been to Galaxy's Edge? I have not yet. We're actually saving it to be a special moment after the screenshots are in uh, to be able to share that with my family. Uh, I'm looking forward to celebrating and taking a nice family photo uh, in, in the galaxy uh, just as a celebration.
1: Ah, well, I know there's not meant to be sporting references on this show. Yeah. And I'm being a bit hypocritical. Yeah. But it's kind
0: of like your Super Bowl, like, we're going to Disneyland. Without question. I'm <laughs> in Mandalorian. Without we're question. We're going to Disneyland. Yeah. I and mean, just to do that, and I don't mind... Uh, ponying up for a $25 cocktail and, and drinking it all the way down because uh, it'll definitely be time to celebrate. No, you should just try it through every step of the way, like at the parking gate, at yeah. the entrance, at
1: the bar. Go, I'm in this. Yes. I'm in this. Yes. Like, I'm part of the attraction Give I'm me... from the Star Wars universe.
0: <laughs> Give me. Some... You bring up a funny story. When my first movie with that Miramax uh, film, uh, they made a billboard of me in, in the, on the street, and it was so hard not to say, point out to everybody, say, hey, <laughs> that's me. That's me. Why not? But come on, why not? I, I, you know, I'm so proud to be an actor, but I try to keep uh, at least the the pride is there, but not the narcissism. So just to be there as a fan, and which I am, uh, will just be priceless enough. Okay. Well, I, I, I look forward to seeing that, that photo that you post. But, um, yeah, because
1: I was wondering, like, how, like, being on the set of a Star Wars film compares to being at Galaxy's Edge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, they put so much money into that over at Galaxy's Edge. I think uh, they did an amazing job for the fans. And it's just great for uh, just the average fan as opposed to not being an actor or having this experience, which is very difficult to difficult to obtain, um, to at least have that opportunity to be in that three-dimensional world.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I always, like, hope that they, like, film something there one day. Yeah. Like, just, like, one scene yeah. from
0: something just so then you can go... I was on the filming set. Absolutely. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm another fan uh, of movie locations. And one of my little desires there is to drive out to Death Valley. I'd love to see where they did uh, the original Tatooine along oh, with Tunisia.
1: I- I've been out there. It's yeah. amazing. I'd love to go. Like When you match up the like R2-D2 going over the sand dune. Yeah. And then, the like, the sand dunes change. Yes. But the mountain, you see that the ridges are exactly the same. I love that. you sort of go out with an iPad. Yes. And when you see it match up, it's like... Yeah. Like, it yeah. blows your mind. It's like, oh, my God. This... That scene that I watched so many times when I was a little kid. Yes. And that's there. And the, and the walk to Jabba's Palace yes. Is there from C-3PO oh, and R2-D2. Yes. At the start of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And, um... The the canyon that R two D two goes down at, at twilight, and that you you have to go out there. I will maybe not. We'll, not all of us can just go down to Manhattan Beach and, it, and walk onto a Star Wars set.
0: Maybe we'll do like a little contest for any of the listeners. You know, perhaps uh, if the character takes off this gecko, uh, maybe we'll do a whole road trip with uh, some fans. What do you I, say on the road with Gecko? Yes, I like it. Yes, I and like we'll, it, and it'll be like you know, like the that that movie there, uh, fanboys there. You know, where <laughs> we're, we're we're all coming together and uh, we're going you know to a destination to celebrate. It would just be a whole day. Davis, like in the backseat, going, I thought his head would be bumpier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, just prosthetic.
1: <laughs> Got the premiere coming up. Have, have you. Organized like a special way for you to watch this first episode because that's a weird thing, yeah. Like, all the fans, like, this week, hey, when's it going up? Like, yeah. when are we gonna all watch it?
0: Um, I'm gonna keep it intimate with my sons and, and my wife. Uh, we're obviously holding our breath because we want to make sure we got the best screenshots, you know, not only through you know one episode and another episode, uh, here or there. Uh, so uh, we're just gonna be holding our breath because again, I think every Star Wars fan can relate. Uh, you know, you finally get to the the, the mountain up here, you know, you get to the top of the mountain. And you just want to make sure that those resonate. I know that we were seen in the trailer, but uh, there's a little bit more distinct shots. Uh, so I'm just going to be holding my breath with my family there. Nice. And what do the kids think about it all? Um, it was the most beautiful gesture my youngest son did uh, a couple days ago. He's a diehard Dodger fan, and he changed his screenshot to my character, and he did it on his own. <laughs> and I thought it was just the most beautiful thing because what kid doesn't love his, you know, his baseball team or his favorite football or soccer team? So for him to do that on his own, I thought it was just the most beautiful compliment. It's, it's It's the little thing.
1: Yes. It's the little things. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is uh, epic. And you're very interactive, um, you know, with the fan community, and you've got, like, patches and that sort of uh, on the way, and we're also going to have a little bit of a Twitter giveaway Yes. that um, I think we've got five signed postcards from you. Correct. we'll, um, We'll have a little retweet. Uh, thing we'll, we'll we'll send those out, but yeah. we'll talk about the sort of stuff that you're hoping to do within the fan community because I know like yeah like many of us that if we're in a Star Wars film or TV show and we're yeah. fans, yeah. we sort of want to. You know, share that with everyone else.
0: Without question. I've made a a pledge to my agents. Uh, I said if they can book me on the earliest flight and the latest flight going back, because I'd really like to bond not only with the fans, but also the 501st and the Mandalorian mercs, uh, to make it a point at every convention to donate at least two or three, if not more, autographs for a silent auction uh, if this side character takes off. Uh, I would love nothing more than to give back at this point. Everybody keeps asking me, are you in season two? Are you got another opportunity for Star Wars? i got to be honest, for me, I come from humble beginnings and I'm still humble. This alone was just a gift in and of itself. And whatever I can do now to pay it forward to the fans and also the charitable organizations that I want to get involved with throughout the world, that's what I want to do. Awesome, man.
1: So you're talking about the Mando Mercs Mm -hmm. and the 501st. You have to be stinging for the day. You go down to San Diego or you're at Celebration next year, which I'm sure you'll be at in uh, Anaheim, and you see a gecko.
0: Oh, my God. That would be amazing. As a matter of fact, after everything airs, I want to do a one to two minute instructional video for all the cosplayers that if anybody can do it, I will guarantee you a signed autograph and photo for free if you can pull off Gecko. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good way to get it out there.
1: Absolutely. And how can everyone uh, follow you on social media and all that good stuff?
0: Uh, just Dominic Pace on Twitter uh, and Dominic Pace Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn if uh, business wise, but uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: Nice. And I will put a link at the uh, the bottom of the show notes here. If you look down on your on your iPod or whatever you're playing, to the link to Dom's amazing entertainment tonight uh, yes. segment. I just <laughs> it's I I've got such. Fond memories of that '90s Star Wars time and entertainment yeah. tonight, and um, I'm—that's what I mean. Like, if you were not in the Mandalorian, it's yeah. like, hey, it's that guy <laughs> from the Entertainment Tonight clip. <laughs>
0: He had a Han in carbonite. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in there, but yeah, you're gonna enjoy that one and know that I'm one of the fans, just like you guys.
1: And the other thing that we can sizzle is we will be doing Mandalorian episode recaps with a uh, a, a rotating panel of uh, regular guests. And Dom, you're going to be joining us for a couple of the uh, shows. Absolutely, Anytime to interact with you and the fans, uh, it's my pleasure. All right, well, it's uh, it's it's going to be a rare chance to talk to someone that's in a Star Wars project that we're talking about so uh, I can't wait for that I can't wait to see it absolutely same thing same thing well thanks so much Dom Mm -hmm. and may that force be with you
0: thank you so much
1: hey guys thanks so much for listening to that super fun chat with the Mandalorian's Dominic Pace again if you enjoyed the episode if you want to pot it forward and go in the running to win one of four signed Gecko Art prints. Either drop us a sweet five-star review on iTunes or give us a retweet or mention the podcast on Twitter. And we will randomly select two iTunes reviewers and two tweeters to post those out worldwide. Your support always, whether it's for prizes or not, is so appreciated. Also, our Patreon is bursting with content after the last week or so. We've got two new Star Wars G-Buy podcasts with Horst Burkhart and I going through all the Star Wars news post-release in 1976. Two new webs covering that time. We've got a new Robo report talking about Benioff and Weiss. A new Q&A from a certain point of view, namely mine. A new Jukland Strikes Back covering... Attack of the Clones The second part of our Attack of the Clones Review And two new Page Wars With King Tom Chansky Giving us the lowdown on the new Allegiance comic And Resistance Reborn The match anticipated novel If you don't have time to read that stuff And you want to keep up with the canon Page Wars is the bonus content for you Harry even agrees Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for your support. And may that force be with you.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.